you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the League Podcast. Can't fight this feeling anymore. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wesseling, Mark Sessler, and Kevin Patra. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Kevin's grown a significant beard since we last saw him. It's, it's, it's okay. It, it's a winter beard. I don't know you L.A. guys and your uh, clean-shavenness. I guess it's, living in Chicago beard, in the winter. It's beard weather where I'm living. Patra, of course, is our... Chicago correspondent for around the league. We call him on Sundays. Usually it sounds like he's in a bathroom restroom. I usually at, am in a bathroom restroom. After so. high-level ingestions um, of copious alcoholic substances. Today he's here, uh, presumably sober, at 1030 in the morning on the West Coast. Presumably. Ke- Kevin, welcome no to the studio. How are you? I'm doing great. This is a uh, this is actually a little bit of a different show, a different Friday. Not only do we have Kevin Patrick in studio, Greg Rosenthal, by the way, Downstairs doing some boss stuff. Hopefully he will join us later. Behind the glass, filling in for K. Rich, who is uh, out today, is the great Zach Goldman. Zach, how are you? What up, boys? I'm good. Wow. Wait a second. Zach. <laughs> I like that. I just, I just hopped right in. Uh, Wait, you know, we it was gotta, a, it was a little bold. commandeered your... I got to earn it. Boys? I got to earn it. Did you ever sorry. hear the expression too soon? Very too soon. Zach. I didn't even realize you hadn't said it. That's how bad of a producer I started no, out as. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, rookie mistake. I appreciate that. You know, it's a very... That's hollow that ground. That was a Ryan that Leaf phrase. level. Yeah. Producer. It was awful. Sorry. So, Zach, Zach is behind the glass today. If he, uh, if he messes up, we will... We're going to get on him pretty hard. You won't hear it on the podcast. It'll be afterwards where we kind of bury him. This show is on Literally. some tectonic shifts right now. We've got Patrick <laughs> suddenly in our state. 
Got a got Zach behind the glass. Yes, watch e- out. Exactly. So before we get going, I just don't. I wanted to touch on one thing. Uh, also, that's also changing. It's a day of, of of changes or a time of changing. Chris Wessling wearing a hat today, but Chris Wessling is has made the decision to grow his hair in. And uh, I want to take out in, in 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 is it in? And now he's going to reveal it. I would like to now f- make my formal my formal statement on how I feel about Wes, who usually is clean shaven up top. Uh, the last several weeks, decide to grow it in. I'm in. I like it. And uh, that's my vote. I think he should continue to grow it out. Yeah, whenever someone who, as long as we've known Wesleyan, had a very clean-shaven uh, head, Yeah, he, I, I was like, I don't know what color his hair is. Now I know, and I, I'm pleasantly surprised. I don't know what color my hair is. Well, it's, it's darker than, I thought it could be blonde or maybe even white. It, used, it, it used to be blonde. More of a dishwater blonde, I think. But mm. uh, yeah, it's actually exceeded, the grand experiment has exceeded my expectations. Got, I, I'm still re- missing some patches, but uh, it's better than I it's thought. Kinda, it's it's got a, a very rich Eisen quality to it. Yeah, it's Eisen-esque. It's maybe Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2 level. You know, it's it's not bad at all. Maybe we should, if you're comfortable posting it on Twitter and having the people say whether to keep it or not. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, maybe we'll get into that. So why don't we get into football, unless anybody else has something to say about Wes's oh, hair. I, uh, I just wanted to... That- big facebook discussion that you were a part of yesterday well not really a part of but your name was thrown in which one about uh the toaster and all oh yes it. yes yes okay so uh wes who uh, defended his toaster on wednesday with two big victories that was my ex-girlfriend who started that discussion oh. and she reminded me of an incident i think i was about 29 30 years old involving a macy's department store three-way mirror and my hairline <laughs> Where's this story you know, going? I just, yeah. I, you never see the top of your head. Oh, it was, you know, was kind of like yeah, a coming eye-opening on, experience. Yeah, I was coming on age thirty, and I kind of bent over, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, I had I had no idea that I was that. You know, I was going about four thirty in the power alleys. You're oh. seeing what extremely <laughs> tall tall people are seeing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, we like it. We're you know we're always in support of you, John Marvel, who is our boss downstairs. Uh, one of the sha- sha- clean head brigade downstairs was not happy with uh, Chris growing it in, and maybe it's threatening your employment. Who knows? I think he feels like I'm selling out bald people. Hmm, interesting. Leaving him behind. Maybe I sprouted wings. I'm leaving him behind. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. All right, so let's move on to Thursday night football. We'll start there because this was uh, – I saw it on our website. I read it because Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal worked the game last night. The upset of the year, Wes, is that accurate? I I think so. I think the only other game that could be close is the Jets knocking off the Saints. Mm. But I feel like this was even more of an upset. And I, I know you and I, Dan, you and I both had the same reaction after the game. There are going to be a lot of narratives written that the Chargers found the blueprint to how to beat the Broncos and Peyton Manning still can't play in the cold, and the Broncos' defense is a mess. And I thought it was more just the Chargers played a brilliant game. Yeah, this is the blueprint. The quarterback has to play flawlessly. Uh, they need to control the ball, have a 120-yard rusher. The defense has to play the game of the season and make big stops. If you do all that, yes, you could beat the Broncos in their building, but it's not easy to do. Well, and Charlie Casserly said today on NFL Network that uh, it was the worst game he had ever seen Peyton Manning play. But that what in the scope that's peculiar. Well, but I uh, that, that's what he said in the scope of huh. Peyton Manning's lowest performance. It was still much better than almost anyone else. I didn't even think Manning 
played particularly poorly, to be honest. I didn't see that. What I saw, though, was a San Diego defense that has honestly been arguably the worst in the league all year, played its game of the year. I would say analysts on television have very short memories. What did you, Patrick, what did you take out of it? I was surprised at how little the Broncos could run the ball, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's the one thing, the aspect of that, that they've improved on over the last few weeks, and that, I think, killed any, any momentum they, they could, could have gotten. That's the one thing that I took away. The Chargers hadn't been that great at stopping the run coming in, and I, I was surprised that they got, like, what, 18 yards rushing? The yeah. Broncos. I mean, so, they, they've made, they made some strides in that category uh, recently, but this was another one where it was like, uh-oh. That they need to have balance when you play in the last month of the season. Is there really anything uh, along the lines of a great upset in the, in this year or this time's NFL right now? I don't find that the fact that San Diego bumped them off is uh, utterly shocking because San Diego on offense, we knew they'd score points. And but I mean, what, what is an upset these days? Well, yeah, I think this was an upset though. I it's, I don't feel but that anything's that surprising anymore. It was an upset, anymore. but I think in in this studio we all probably appreciate the Chargers more than the general public does. We've seen their offense be just brilliant all year. Right. Rivers is one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL this year. So I don't in that sense I, I, I understand what you're saying totally. It's not that much of an upset. By the way, I love Phillip Rivers so so much. He came on NFL network after the game wearing a bolo tie and Jake the Snake Roberts boots and uh very gregarious and loud and I just imagine him in 2019 about stealing Dan Marino's CBS job. That's well, my. This prediction. is a guy with like seven small children at home. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Yes. I admire he's the guy. Keep he has any energy of the fact that to do what he, he, he does. looked like the way he's dressed. He looked like a virile '80s oil tycoon. Yes, he did. Yeah, good call. He looked like he's from Dallas. Yeah, from Dallas. So let me let's look at the Chargers' schedule now. This is this is good. They have two home games. They're at seven and seven. Nine and seven can get them in, but they're going to need help. Home against Raiders, which I'm sure we feel good about, and then again home against the Chiefs. Nine and seven is not absurd to think that they, well, they can, can win both off. those games. No, I now think that uh, I've been saying all along. I thought eight and eight would win the AFC six seed. I, I now think nine and seven, and I think the Chargers can do it. I they've already beaten the Chiefs at Kansas City. It, I think they'll probably be favored against the Chiefs in that season finale at San Diego. Is there? Do you guys think there's any other team other than the Chargers or the Ravens? That can get that six seed? Sure, the Dolphins. The Dolphins have the same record as the Ravens in a much easier schedule. Well, by the way, the Chargers, and this is is it. Oh, they won a big game last night, so now we're projecting them to roll into the wild card. A week from now, they'll have dropped a game that we're stunned by, and we'll be circling the wagons talking about another team in this position. Well, I actually think the Ravens are probably the... Third, third most likely team out of those three to, to go. Well, they're considering their schedule. Yeah. And by the way, not that it really matters because the hay is in the barn in terms of Wes being safe from eating his softball pants. Will Chris Westling eat his softball pants? Wes is already in good shape on this. However, now that Broncos Week 17 game, the Broncos probably won't be arresting people because of this loss. So you're even safer now on some level. I feel much better. This is, that season finale was always looming as a wild card yeah. that the Broncos might rest their key players. Now they're they're tied with the Chiefs for the for the AFC West first well, and place. The, and the bigger issue is that New England, a Gronk-free New England, is suddenly sitting at number one right now. Right, and that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I watching what the Patriots did those before Gronk got there, it makes me think they're not going to win out, and I think the the Broncos will still take that number one seed, but who knows? I mean, yeah, but those teams also didn't have Shane Vereen. 
Right, but they also didn't give up 500 yards to Jason Campbell. Right. That defense <laughs> is just falling apart. Um, all right, let's move on to the rest of Week 15. Week 15, Mark Sessler. Yeah, we're almost home. We're almost home. We're like eight or nine weeks away from games ending, and then we go right into off-season chaos, <laughs> chaos and madness. Mark, by the way, has a, uh, a long, what, 13-hour road trip ahead of you with two infants? I think it's like 13 hours if we didn't stop once and we were going 70 miles an hour. Where are you going? <laughs> into the deep uh, California desert slash wilderness for a wedding. There's just the darkness around you right now. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. I'm excited thinking about for it. that trip. No, I'm, I'm excited for the destination. The trip is a wild card. Mark offered to trade places with me before, before the podcast started that he would hang out in my apartment and drink beers while I took his two toddlers on a 13-hour trip into the desert. <laughs> Only because Wes, if you know Wes, he projects an aura of child care uh, interest and safety. He's a man that I'd quickly give my children to. I really, by the way, I hope this is the first podcast ever that Mark, your wife, listens to. She's listened to others, and uh, this, this one I may steer her away from. All right, let's get to the rest of the Week You're 15 games. Do it on the way up? Yeah, exactly. On loop. Let's get to the rest of the Week 15 games, and we'll start with uh, the Green Bay Packers going to Dallas. It was uh, announced on Friday that Aaron Rodgers has been ruled out. He will miss another week, uh, which means more Matt Flynn and the Packers playing for their uh, playoff lives with, with Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Dallas Cowboys came off. A pretty embarrassing loss on Monday night in Chicago. Kevin Patcher, you were there. I ask you, Mark Sessler, with Aaron Rodgers again out of the picture and Matt Flynn behind center, the Packers seem to be in a very bad spot going to Dallas in a must-win situation for the Cowboys, right? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a, a terrible situation in the sense that uh, really anyone can move the ball on Dallas. We've learned that. And, and listen, Monday night was embarrassing from a defensive perspective for Dallas. just uh, in, in, in the fact that the last game most people saw from Dallas was the New Orleans game, which was equally dis- disturbing. Uh, Green Bay, not an impressive team, but I, I feel like Dallas, we've been saying, I've been saying this for months, that they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. This lines up with what we've seen all along. I went Dallas in this game, though, because, listen, they've got to turn around and take care of business. Their season is utterly on the brink. E- even with Flynn's... Issues. I, I would take Dallas in this, but Kevin, you saw how bad that Dallas team was on Monday. Their their defense is was just it's just terrible. We we know that, and the the corners just can't do anything. Josh McCown was just playing point out Orlando Scandrick and throw at him. Uh, the difference would be that Green Bay doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. That's one thing I would say. But I think that Jordy Nelson's going to go off. You know who Brandon Carr can't hasn't guarded anybody since Megatron took his wall and ran away with it. So I, I, I don't see how Dallas it, – it's going to have to be – they're going to have to get pressure. DeMarcus Ware has been talking a lot this week. He's going to have to step up and, and actually provide some pressure because if they don't get pressure on Flynn, I think we've seen Matt Flynn do it. It's been a couple of years, but he can, he, can, he can still light up bad secondaries like he, like Whoa, he did a couple of years. hold on. If the goal of football is to throw the ball sideways, Matt Flynn would be a great quarterback. This guy is going to out in the flat – Behind the line of scrimmage, he's not going down the field at all. Well, his arm from a few years but, ago is his, it's shot. Yes, agreed, agreed. But watching the defense of the Cowboys, you can't tell me that he doesn't have a shot. I, I, I have no confidence in Matt Flynn, and I haven't seen a quarterback I, willing to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage and one or two yards in advance of the line of scrimmage since Neil O'Donnell was in his prime. 
Don't bring up Neil O'Donnell here. I have no confidence in Matt Flynn. <laughs> Two-team season on the brink. That's what makes it interesting. All right, let's move on. The Baltimore Ravens uh, head to Detroit to face the Lions. This is a game with important playoff ramifications for two teams in different conferences. Kevin Patrick, you are, of course, our resident Lions fan. I ask you as a fan first how confident you feel that the Lions are going to get a postseason spot and, if, you know, are they going to take confident? care of business here? I don't, I don't know that a Lions fan has been confident about anything in decades <laughs> other than the usual uh, Thanksgiving loss, which we actually won right. this year out of one. Uh, I, I'm not confident at all. I, let's just be honest about that. They, they haven't put together a winning streak all season. Uh, why, would, why would we expect them to do different now? Uh, they they do have a, a little bit of easier schedule. Uh, if Green Bay lost to Dallas, then I then I think with Aaron Rodgers continuing to be out, I, I don't think that he he would come back after that. That would put them. But the Bears are a wild card. The Bears defense is not very good, but their offense is has been one of the better. And and as far as this game goes, it's another crapshoot. They usually do play come off bad losses like they had against Philly, and they play well, especially in the dome. I will say that's a huge advantage for the Lions. I am expecting their secondary to get at least four um, pass, deep pass interference because I just think Flacco is going to chuck it up against them. <laughs> I think the one thing here is Reggie Bush practiced today. It's Friday, and it looks like he's in line to play. And, you know, that snow game against Philly, going back and watching that, you got to throw it all out because who even knows what to take away from a game like that? Yes. But we do know that when Reggie Bush, you know, hasn't been fully healthier in the lineup, that is a different offense. With him in there, I like Detroit at home on a primetime game, but Baltimore's been edgy. Wes, I wanted to ask you, Ray Rice, we've called him snowsuit, uh, coined by, who was it that coined him the snowsuit? Uh, one of the Ravens beat writers. Yes. He actually looked good running in the snow last week, didn't he? The joke's on us. When it's snowing, <laughs> snowsuit's going to play well. I thought that was the best Ray Rice looked all year. He had a little bit of burst, actually. That's been missing. Maybe his hip's coming around. He played well. Marlon Brown had a great game. Uh, so I, I think the Ravens' offense is looking up. Dennis Pitta is a huge factor for them. He actually, and he, he contributed last week. We wondered, and I think this, you know, hip injury, how long till Pitta, are they going to ease him into the point where maybe if they make the playoffs he's a factor? He changed that passing game last week in terms of what they could accomplish short. Yeah, they don't have a go-to guy uh, in possessing situations. Before Pitta, now they do. I think that's huge for Flacco. I wrote earlier this week that I thought that Pitta was an X factor in this AFC playoff race because I think if he he came in and he played he played about thirty snaps and finished with four or five catches, about fifty yards and a touchdown, drew a big pass interference uh, penalty on that last drive to win the game. He was a real factor, and as long as he doesn't have any flare ups with the hip, you can only imagine he'll get more and more involved. I mean, that's a huge piece of their offense because they built that whole team when they traded Bolden. I think in the back of their mind, they're like, we're still covered. We had Pitta. And then he fell in that first practice of the summer, and everything went out the window, and their offensive game plan was compromised. Well, in Flacco's season, you know, statistically, he's having he's online to have basically his worst season statistically. And I think that that speaks to exactly what we're talking about here is they had Torrey Smith as their deep threat. And when you have Bolden or when you had Pitta, you can unleash Smith and other and Jacoby Jones downfield. They just haven't had any diversity to that passing game. They're getting dangerous at the right time. All right, so let's move on uh, to a big AFC East matchup, the New England Patriots in their first full game now without Rob Gronkowski. He was out for the year with a serious knee injury. Head to Miami uh, to face the Dolphins. Wes, um, 
I guess the reason earlier why I didn't mention the the Dolphins as someone I seriously consider is I still haven't bought in on this team. But tell me why I'm wrong, why I should be viewing the Dolphins as a real player for a playoff spot. Well, I think just their record. They're seven. They're seven and six. <laughs> Great sell. <laughs> I'm not that convinced that they're a playoff team. I don't want to see them in the playoffs because I don't think they're good. But I will also say I don't think the Patriots are good right now. We saw what happened when they played without Gronk early in the season. They played a bunch of bad teams, lucked out with some tight victories. Brady didn't play well, and they averaged about a dozen less points per game than they did with Gronk in the lineup. I think they're a totally different team. The Browns moved the ball up and down the field 500 yards from Jason Campbell. The Patriots have lost too many players on both sides of the ball, and I don't think they're a legitimate threat to the Broncos right now. And when we talk about Damashek's Jenga piece theory, uh, it, Gronk is that piece for New England, I along would, with all the other pieces they lost. I was disappointed. Damashek had a Jenga-themed podcast that I was supposed to do, and then the Washington Redskins fiasco happened. So <laughs> I didn't get a chance to go up, and I listened to it on the way into the podcast this morning, and Bucky Brooks... Elliot Harrison, Damashek. I didn't listen to the whole conversation. For the first 10 minutes of their Jenga conversation, nobody brought up Gronk. Yeah, All so. these other non-quarterbacks that they think are more valuable to their team, Gronk is is up there with Calvin Johnson look, to me as the look most. Look at Tom Brady's stats before Gronk came back and after Gronk came back, and well, you tell me he's not a Jenga I did piece. that off-season study of his stats last year. He was right. Aaron Rodgers with Gronk in the lineup and Andy Dalton without him in the lineup. Right, and that carried over into this year, too. It's not a fluke. One thing for Miami, you know, the big— we spent months in the off-season tracking all their high-priced investments to make this team finally a dangerous team inside the division. Isn't this the game they spent all that money for? New England, late season, playoffs on the line— I don't trust them at all to take care of business. Well, I picked them to win this game. I don't feel that great about it. I I picked them to win because I don't think the Patriots are a good team right now. The Dolphins, to me, I know a lot of Dolphins fans think we give them short shrift on this podcast. They're a pretty nondescript team to me. I don't know what to say about them. They're a 500 team. They win some games, lose some games. Defend your hero. There it is. You know what time it is. Defend your hero. Every week we break down uh, when we pick these games. If there's one of us that goes against the grain and picks one team and everyone else picked the other team in a matchup, we ask that person to defend their hero. You know, that was Handsome Hank that does the uh, the voice work there. Uh, Wes, by the way, you, you did land what... Usually Hank is unassailable. He cannot, he cannot be, you cannot get under his skin when he comes around to our cubicles and does his tall, handsome, handsome English move, very debonair and very, suave. Very witty guy, very witty. Quick, quick-witted, yeah. However, we had the equivalent of the Russian is cut moment from Rocky Four when we were talking about, I believe it was food. At the huddle, at yeah. At the huddle, the, the cafeteria here, and Wes, kind of out of nowhere, said, you know, it's still better than British food. The Englishman was cut. Well, Hank was holding forth about the quality of our food at the huddle and really just slamming it. And I wasn't going to stand there as an American. Mm. <laughs> so I said, hey, it's, it's, I find it ironic that a British man has, suddenly has discriminating taste buds. And Hank was rocked. Yeah, and if you, if you want to go to the huddle and order a grilled cheese sandwich and sit there for 45 minutes, you got it. <laughs> Waiting for it to be delivered. It's a fantastic place. Um, okay, let's move on to the hero picks, and we'll start with Mark Sessler. Uh, the Washington Redskins are going to uh, Atlanta with Kirk Cousins behind centers, as you may have heard if you follow the game. RG3 
has been shut down for the balance of the season. Why? I don't know. Uh, the explanation is something along the lines of, so he doesn't get hurt, but he's not hurt right now, and there's three games left. It's all very confusing to me, but that's what happened. Uh, even without RG3, Mark believes the Redskins will go into Atlanta and beat the Falcons, two 3-10 and ten teams. One 3-10 and ten team looking a lot worse than the other, but Mark picked the Redskins, so I ask you, Mr. Sessler, to defend your hero. I don't think it's that uh, crazy of a pick. I'm surprised I got a hero on this. I understand that Washington's under a lot of chaos, but I look at a couple things. A, I like Alfred Morris in this game. Uh, B, I don't think the offense uh, changes that considerably with Kirk Cousins in there against a bad Falcons defense that is as adrift as Washington's is. Three, bad teams playing at this time of year. Weird stuff happens. And you want to say the Redskins have given up? The Falcons gave up weeks ago. I I almost picked this game. I almost took the Redskins thinking, like, you know, sometimes a backup comes in, especially in an odd situation. Everything coalesces and he plays great. And I think Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback, so I I think he can play well. But then I realized that everybody else on that team, maybe aside from London Fletcher, has already quit on the season. Their coaches Mm -hmm. don't seem to care. Uh, They might give up three special teams touchdowns for all we know. Because they can't stop anybody. This is a bad football game. It's 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 not a very good team, and they they just seem like after RG three that whole debacle this week. All the from what you hear from the players talk, talking, it doesn't seem like they're going to be out there ready to play. The Washington Redskins special teams is the worst that Football Outsiders has ever recorded. Exactly. Their defense has allowed more than twenty four points in twelve of thirteen games. They've held the lead for fewer minutes than any team in the NFL. This is the worst team in the league. And if you look at Kirk Cousins' stats. He had a two-game stretch at the end of last year where he played pretty well. Outside of that, his stats are the equivalent of Blaine Gabbert. Well, and that's, this is not a good quarterback. This is not an upgrade on RG3. And that's not one an thing un- I find crazy about this is that the Redskins, if anything, someone was going to go Kevin Cobb, Matt Flynn on, on Kurt, at Cousins at some point, right? Because sight unseen, he came in, he played Cleveland, he beat him on a very different football game. They might expose him as what you're just saying right now, trade value plummets. I think he's already been exposed as that. And I think people, if you watch the film of his games outside of those two late-season games, there's no reason to believe that Kirk Cousins will be a guy that you come in and you build your offense around him. You're always going to have to surround a guy like him with talent. The Buffalo Bills are wrapping up another disappointing regular season. They're going to finish under 500 yet again. There's some type of epically depressing streak going on there, although I don't have it in hand right now. But it's been a long time since the Bills were a playoff team and a even a team you would say is uh, dangerous. They are now 4-9, coming off a 27-6 loss, and now they go to Jacksonville to improve to face a, a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's been improved. Greg Rosenthal picked the Bills uh, to come out of the fog here down in Jacksonville. Uh, Greg is not here right now, so I will throw it to Kevin Patra, and you will be tasked with defending Greg's De- hero. I'm supposed to defend what Gre- Greg's yes. rationale. Explain, well, just explain why well, we've done you can this make for you case. on many, many a week, to be honest, Kevin. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> and it has not been easy. I'm and, sure it hasn't. And now it is your turn to, to explain to us why the Bills can win. I, well, they have, they have good young pieces. If E.J. Manuel plays, he hasn't played well the last few weeks. If he does play well against a, uh, a Jacksonville defense that has played well, better, which is the reason I took them to win this game. They both certainly have better pieces in place for the future, and if they play well together, I think Kiko Alonso can do well against a run game that's not going to now have Maurice Jones-Drew in it, most likely. He's, he's, Cecil Shorts he's might be out of the equation, he's, too, Cecil for the Shorts Jaguars, will be right? questionable. Oh, uh, and Buffalo leads the league in sacks, and they're second in picks. Defense is for real. 
Mm. Jones Drew has played well over the past month. Well, relatively well compared For to what him, he was he doing has, right. early in the season. But Jordan Todman showed quite a bit in the preseason. He looks like he's quite a bit faster than Jones Drew. So that's a wild card in this game, what, what Jordan Todman does in the running game. The Houston Texans are riding an 11-game losing streak. They fired their coach last Friday after a Thursday night loss. Wade Phillips is on his 7,000th interim job. Is that the right number? I believe uh, he's close. the unofficial record holder for most interim. <laughs> so they will try to break that streak in Indianapolis on on Sunday against the Colts, a team obviously that's headed toward the playoff but not, but not playing particularly well at all. Mark Sessler in possibly um, a fit of uh, – paranoid uh, schizophrenia chose the the Texans to get off the snide here. Explain to us. Defend your hero. Again, I just, I don't find it to be that stunning (laughs) of a pick because uh, the Colts are not a good football team and they're heading in the wrong direction and I like the, uh, I like the Case Keenum factor here. I understand he's not played as well lately, but uh, I don't, you know, this is a late season game between two teams, obviously heading in the wrong direction. Uh, I am last in picks, and I forked myself two weeks ago. So when I come on here and defend <laughs> something, you don't have to believe me. Yeah, that's a good point. The Colts lost last week, which by uh, Andrew Luck's record, he will definitely win uh, the next week. Ah, that is a great call. That is, two that's, games a fair, in a row. that's a fair point. Mark, did you factor that in? No, but is that streak... Is that something that's going to eternally continue <laughs> until the earth passes away? It's immutable. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Well, then I've made a giant error. <laughs> I think I've made a huge There's mistake. something interesting going on in Indianapolis. You know, I've killed this team for about two yes, months you now. you have. Dayrick Rogers. Mm-hmm. Very intriguing to me. This could turn the offense around a little bit. They haven't had that playmaker opposite T.Y. Hilton. Dayrick Rogers compared to Terrell Owens and Eric Moulds coming out of the draft. The only reason he didn't get drafted was because of character issues, was considered a first or second round talent. Last week he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns, the first rookie receiver to do that this year. Big time talent could turn this offense around. That would be interesting because just in time for the playoffs, obviously, you know, it's not just one thing, but the Reggie Wayne thing, we've beaten that horse to death. If that's what their Jenga piece was, if you can find another guy to come in and set TY free, interesting offense. The Arizona Cardinals uh, need a win to keep pace in the NFC playoff race. They head to Tennessee to face the Titans. Um, This is a case for me because I took the Titans. This is my hero pick. And I like the Titans more than other people do, and I like the Cardinals less than other people do. So it kind of met here, and with it being a road game, I went or being a home game for the Titans, I, I picked them. How strongly do I feel about it? I don't feel extremely great about this pick. But I made it. That was kind of like a Sessler style, not quite defending, defend your hero. Yeah, I think you've redefined it. <laughs> that was very weak. But at the same time, I think, uh, I think this will be a close game. I might have uh, underestimated how important the game is to the Cardinals and how much they have to play for, which will probably doom me. Well, I, how about how much Tennessee has to play for? That entire coaching staff is going to be swept out onto the breadline. I think you Ooh. underestimate the respective quality of these teams. Look at the past six weeks. Cardinals are probably five and one, and the Titans might be one and five. Yeah, they're not. They are heading in not opposite good. directions. Poor job, not Dan. Good, not good <laughs> at all. Uh, 
we have anything else to say about this game? I just I think we're disappointed with your yeah. general <laughs> effort here. No, and you're right. <laughs> Let's move on to the I'm next disappointed game. in myself. Uh, moving on, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, formerly, formerly supported by Chris Wessling, who's in recovery, head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, who we forked this week after a disappointing home loss to the Dolphins. Uh, Chris Wessling, you took the Steelers, which probably plays into your hatred of the Bengals, but I'd like to know if there are actual football reasons behind it. Sure. The Steelers are better than their record, and the Bengals have Andy Dalton. That's all I have to but say But this about is it. good Andy month. We don't know. Yeah, we don't if, know that If anyone can predict <laughs> oh, what really? Andy Dalton will do, they might be declared emperor of football. That's fair. But, but can Ike Taylor stop A.J. Green? He did earlier in the year. But you're right. He's played much. Ike Taylor might be the worst cornerback in football over the past month. They really fell off the cliff, these guys. Do you put Greg Ike was Taylor on A.J. Green in this game? I think the Steelers will. I, yeah, they, they all, they've been matching him up with the best well, the whole He season. has even, been even getting with, fried But it hasn't mattered. But I it think, hasn't mattered at all. They still, they'd still, I think they've he'll still get safety help over the top. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think that will be what the Bengals attack. You know, Big Ben hasn't thrown a pick in four games. And, and Wes wrote this last week. And he is not the reason, and neither is Antonio Brown, that Pittsburgh is sort of a wayward, up-and-down situation. That offense can put up points. Uh, I don't look at the Miami game as like, another snow game where some weird stuff happened. They still threw the ball. They still continue to generate yardage. I just, listen, I, I realize we don't give the Bengals a lot of respect on this show, and their fan base can come at us with that. But I need to see Andy Dalton win this game before I can buy him on any level because they can't beat the Steelers in this division. They haven't done it. I know their fan base. Don't worry about them. <laughs> well, I, I just worry about the Steelers being able to tackle the Bengals' playmakers. I mean, they couldn't tackle Clay last week, in, granted in the snow, but it, right. that shouldldn't have stopped some of those tackles who just blatantly miss snow or not snow. And right. they're, they're going to have to go tackle Giovanni Bernard. I'm not sure that they, they're going to be able to it's do like that It's like the tee-up for a defensive revamp in Pittsburgh, obviously. Even though Dick LeBeau said today he didn't think it was a problem. And just like Wednesday's podcast, riding in our knight in shining armor on the white horse— <laughs> The boss, Greg Rosenthal, rolls into the studio. What's up, Greg? What's happening? You were just downstairs doing some Aaron Rodgers work, huh? Yes, Aaron Rodgers was ruled out. Sounded like there was some frustration from Mike McCarthy. Just reading between the lines on the doctors not clearing Rodgers. He said there's clearly frustration and disappointment from Rodgers' perspective. He thought he wanted to check off a few boxes this week in terms of how he felt and threw. And he did that. And... McCarthy called it a very difficult morning to tell his franchise quarterback that he could not play. And just reading between the lines, you felt like McCarthy was maybe a little disappointed too. But the doctor, uh, McKenzie, is their trainer. Uh, he didn't clear Rodgers. You could tell yesterday McCarthy was getting his hopes up. He called Aaron Rodgers my guy. He, he said, <laughs> if, if you see the way my guy's throwing the ball right now, you know, he's – you could tell that he had to have been crestfallen not to have him. Well, he's he's a Pittsburgh guy, and it came out in this press conference. You don't normally see McCarthy uh, visibly upset, but someone kind of asked about, well, are you disappointed? Was Rodgers disappointed? And he was like, don't make me play word battles with you. And, <laughs> oh, and right. you, never see, yeah. you never see McCarthy uh. get like that. So, look, he's got the season maybe on the line in Dallas, and he's going to have to go with Matt Flynn. Well, where you jump in here, Greg, is we're in the middle of our Defend the Hero segment. Uh, I thought Kevin Patrick did about a B-minus to B job of defending <laughs> your... <I>? Lower. <laughs> All right, C-plus. <laughs> Hard you know, assignment, though. A C-plus job of defending your Bills pick uh, to go <laughs> oh, into Jacksonville. So why don't you, Greg, since you're here, defend your hero. Go ahead. 
uh, the Bills' defense is the best thing that's going on in this game. Just because the Jaguars beat some lame-ass teams the last <laughs> few weeks doesn't mean they're great. And if I can get a hero pick up against Chad Henney and uh, no Cecil Shorts maybe in this matchup, no Maurice Jones-Drew, who's doubtful, sign me up every week. It is week. stunning that we are at any point in this season in a situation where someone gets a hero pick by not picking the Jaguars. Right, I'll take that. Well, the ja- Jaguars are the hottest team in the AFC. It's true. <laughs> Greg smells the finish line now. He is, I believe, it was a six-game lead on Wesley and Patra in our picks Six over this year. Wesley, eight over Patra. Wesley's been making up some ground quickly the I'm last few weeks. I'm inching up though, there. So we'll My see. stated goal of third place this season, I'm right locked in. I'm about <laughs> three or four games behind somebody. Aim, aim shoot high. for the me. stars. I'm yeah. shooting for the stars. <laughs> me and you are... A- are defining mediocrity. That's what I want to do. That's my whole life plan. All right, so let's move on. That's the end of the Defend Your Hero segment. We'll move on to the rest of the Week 15 games. Uh, they are not what we d- defined as the top games or hero picks, but they are games. They exist. They deserve respect. And we will start right now with the Chicago Bears. Actually got some heat on Twitter from a, uh, a follower who was, was upset. We didn't talk about the Bears' performance on Monday night. Uh against the Cowboys. They deserve respect. That was a great game with Josh McCown. However, Josh McCown is no longer in the picture. Jay Cutler is back in the lineup. Mark Sessler. Jay Cutler goes to Cleveland to face the Browns, and you feel great about it, don't you? Well, I do think this is, if you want a reason to watch this game, it's got a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we we already know about Brandon Marshall, but let's talk about maybe the first and second best young receiver in the NFL right now, Alshon Jeffrey. Ooh, I like and Josh that. Gordon. I mean, that's going to be. But we saw what Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall did to Dallas last week. <laughs> Let's get in the mood for this game. Yeah, uh, well, this is a big game. That is Zach behind the glass filling in. That was some of the loudest Seduction Friday. <laughs> you know, I didn't think that Zach could pull off Seduction Friday like K. Rich could, and it worked out that we're, way. Not quite there yet. Let's be honest. We're losing a little sex appeal going from Crystal <laughs> to Zach, but he's trying. Well, it depends who the listener is, but uh, that's right. <laughs> it's true. So far, Zach has done a great job on balance. Though. But anyway, back to your point, because I love that point. Gordon well, and just, Jeffrey. Yeah, I think that, you know, and we didn't we didn't know this in week one, but we have two of the most exciting young players. And listen, from a this is a huge game for the Bears. They've snuck up on the Lions in the last couple of weeks, and I think it's you got an, you got a potential uh, tinderbox situation if Cutler comes in and doesn't perform because McCown what thirteen touchdowns one pick looked utterly perfect on Monday night. I, I admire Tresson for sticking to his guns, but this could this could be ugly for Chicago against a good Browns defense if they don't get the win. Pat, uh, Kevin Patcher was in Chicago on Monday night after after McCown threw four touchdowns and ran for another. Did you have any feeling that he was going to actually lose his job now? No, I mean, I didn't think so. I didn't think Cutler would be back right away. I think you could make the argument that this is like Cutler knowing that he's got to do something this year to to get a contract for next year and convincing the staff to to define him as healthy. I don't I don't know how you go back to McCown if if Cutler struggles after all you've said. Now, I mean, you almost needed him to lose the game. Like I thought, the week after they lost to Minnesota was the week that Cutler would come back right. because they had a loss. They could have now gone. There, there was a couple drives in that game that McCown didn't didn't finish. I, it wasn't his fault that they lost the game. I'm not I'm not saying that, but they they did, they got to the red zone. And they couldn't finish, and Cutler has, has been better there. I thought that they would go back there. Now I don't know how you go back once you've made the switch again, and I think that could become a problem if Cutler 
struggles, which but he could. A, he did against Detroit early when they came back from the first injury. It's just a media problem, and I love Tressman because I don't think he cares. I mean, he makes decisions on what he thinks is best, and he could take some heat, and maybe they'll lose because of Cutler. I doubt it. I think they're it, both good it quarterbacks. It doesn't matter which quarterback they play. I agree. Uh, well, it's, and that's it's all how about good the coaching is there, too, Thank though. You. And Jason Campbell could light up that defense. Well, we got to give Jason Campbell a little credit. Played outstanding last week. When he gets protected, he's played pretty well this year. And the Bears have no pass rush. This right game now. has one of those uh, dual statistics where maybe the game, maybe the earth just disappears. Where like <laughs> the Bears' run defense is so god awful, but Cleveland's ability to run the football doesn't exist. <laughs> and so maybe the stadium folds well, the, in on itself. The Browns couldn't <laughs> run on the Patriots. Whose run right. defense have been horrible before right. then? Thirty first in the league. And do, you guys the hear, do you guys want to hear? guys want to hear how exceptional Josh Gordon has been? Yes, please. If no. not, okay. All right. I'll, I'll and that's it. it for the podcast. No, <laughs> go ahead, Wes. If not for the two game suspension to begin the year, he would be on pace for the first two thousand yard receiving season in history. He is less than a yard behind Wes Chandler's pace for the most receiving yards per game in a season. His one hundred twenty seven yards per game are 40 more per game than the previous Cleveland Browns record holder, Max Speedy, from 1964. Mark, it's their first star player in 20, 30 years. Mark, I, Mark hope is a good thing. I, well, I mean, this you, is real. You, this way, they almost traded this guy. So he's going to blow out his knee this weekend, right? <laughs> oh, oh, please, don't even say it. Wow. wow, that was rough. You just angered the football guys. Erase that. <laughs> just knocked, I just knocked on wood. <laughs> I will find you and destroy you if that's, that's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to. He's on my fantasy team, I Oh, well, if he's on your fantasy team, we do not want him to suffer a catastrophic knee injury. That's it. Um, all right, let's move on. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, inching toward an NFC East title. Head to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Uh, Adrian Peterson is questionable for this game. And, uh, you know, there's no we don't have any reason to believe the Eagles won't continue to play well. However, the Vikings have been frisky. Wes, uh, do you see the Eagles stumbling here, or is this a, another a step on the way to the NFC East title? I don't see them stumbling. They've won five in a row. They're a very good team right now. The Vikings are not. Greg, Peterson is questionable. Does it look like he's going to play? He's a game-time decision. Leslie Frazier was surprised at how good he looked at practice today. He said his gait, G-A-I-T there, looked good. And uh, Toby Gerhardt's very questionable for this game. So there's an outside chance we might see starting running back. Herschel Walker. Matt Asiata. Matt Asiata. But uh, it. Frazier was fun. I mean, he just said, based on the diagnosis, he was kind of stunned how good Peterson looked. But that's kind of – right now, that's Peterson's Yo. M.O. If that, Peterson, that's what he does. If Peterson and Gerhardt both sit out, what is the over-under on Cordero Patterson carries? Four. Mm. It should be like ten. Five. Couldn't he just be a running <laughs> right. back? Yes, yeah. He could. That would be interesting. Tall running back. Nobody wants to see Matt Asiata. No. Matt and, Asiata, who rumbled for 67 yards in the preseason? <laughs> on 43 carries? <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted I, I tweeted yesterday that I thought that while Keenan Allen is definitely the best wide receiver this se- season, that Patterson could end up being the best guy of that class. He needs to get the ball in his hands. Oh, give him the ball. Totally agree with that. Thing. Is it Asiata or Asiata? Doesn't uh, yes. matter, ultimately. No, we, don't, we just don't even know. <laughs> I no. would like it doesn't a, matter. I would like a podcast full of Mark just saying Asiata. <laughs> Just want to get it right. All right, moving on. The Seattle Seahawks uh, coming off a loss in San Francisco have a chance to inch closer to the number one overall seed in the NFC. They can do it in the Meadowlands against a giant team that obviously has nothing left to play for. Kevin Patra, uh, the Giants at home, 
maybe have a shot to make this competitive? Yes or no? I do not think so. Mm. I think you're going to have a an angry Seahawks team coming off a loss. They felt they probably could have won, should have won, uh, against e- Eli Manning, who maybe he, he's getting back on his uh, interception streak. Oof. And New York won't have JPP anymore. He hasn't been as good as last year. So that's another big loss for them. Uh, and I think that the Seahawks are going are gonna to be able to run the ball against the Giants, even though that's been their strong suit defensively. One can, X factor, it's supposed to snow heavily. Oh, Can, can anyone tell me what, what is going on with Eli Manning? He hasn't been a good quarterback in about 20 or 25 games now. Ooh. He's gotten off the hook this season because he's he had a very bad season. He always gets off the hook. Yeah, he's th- got two of Justin Tuck's rings, so he gets <laughs> off the hook. Well, and he yeah. wasn't very good last season either. It just goes to show you how, how much rope a Super Bowl ring gives you. This, he could lead the league in interceptions for a third time. That's a lot of times, and Dan always thinks I'm anti-Giants organization. Well, there's, some, there's some bitterness. Well, you there. are. Come this on. is a fact, and no one can argue facts. In the last five years, they have made the playoffs one time. And they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, so that's good. They deserve a lot more credit than the Chiefs, who have also made the playoffs once, but it's probably going to be twice now in five years. But that's not a sign of a particularly good organization. I asked Mark and Dan this question last night. Of all true franchise quarterbacks— can you think of any quarterback who has had more crappy seasons than Eli Manning? No, I mean, I think he defines that right now. <laughs> he does, right? I mean, he's he's stood out in the wrong way. Look, New York City, 40 interceptions between their two starting quarterbacks right now. Get better, New York. Come on. This is a good <laughs> test of how bad. bad the Seahawks are on the road, really, because they do score – 10 points less a game. They give up three points more. They're a different team on the road because they should stomp the Giants if they're as good as we think they are. The San Francisco 49ers coming off that huge win over the Seahawks at home now travel to Tampa Bay to face a frisky Bucks team. Greg, I'll ask you, the Niners, are they, are, do you consider them a lock for that sixth seed? How confident are you that they win this game and put themselves in that position and will take it home? And be I'm, playing in January. I'm very confident because I think the only way it doesn't happen is if Arizona goes to Seattle next week and wins. Because they have to catch up a game on San Francisco with only three left. San Francisco could let them back in. I think this is a dangerous game. I don't know about you guys. I mean, the, mm-hmm. I don't think the the Bucks are like – the Jaguars have won four or five and the Bucks have won four or five. But they're much different. To me, the Buccaneers are just as good – as the Colts, who are going to make the playoffs. They're just as good as the number six seed in the AFC. I had this conversation with Wesseling. Maybe I'll get the rest of you guys' answer. Who do you take on a neutral field right now, the Colts or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the fighting Shianos? <laughs> I hear you with Tampa Bay. I feel like Shiano, for all the white-hot mess that was happening in September and October, his program's kind of come into view here, and I think he's starting to get some buy-in and – their defense was never a disaster. I take them. Are over the, Colts the Colts coming off a loss? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the key. Yes, I take the Colts. That is unassailable. You're aware, Mark, that <laughs> Tampa Bay's quarterback is circling the drain right now. He's playing like he's about to go on a Geno Smith level mm. four game stretch of ineptitude. No, and he has he has he has gone downhill. But overall, I feel like they made the right decision at quarterback. Good defense. Right? This could be a cl- it should be a close game because. 49ers, even when they're going well, they're not an explosive offense, and the Buccaneers' defense is playing well. I think any time a rookie quarterback goes on a two-game stretch like Glennon has, you're you, it, you're taking a very big leap of faith to think he can pull himself out of it. Mm. 
Well, we're saying they, they could play against the Colts. I don't think Tampa Bay's winning this game against San Francisco. None right. of us do. None of us picked them. This could be the game. <laughs> if if the Bucks won this game, this could be the one that saves Shiano's job. So Agreed. I think his job is safe to begin with right now. If they lose out? Lose out? I mean, if they lose to the Niners who are coming off a Super Bowl, I, I don't think that changes the They finish 4-12. and 12, Does he keep his job? I don't think he's in the hot water he was before. I don't know the inside information. That's just I feel like they've shown they've shown something down the stretch. I think Dan's right. It probably depends what happens the final three games, and w- especially with Glennon, I think that he could have saved his job just by his. I'm on Mark's upside. Side. I think he's safe. Speaking of Geno Smith, the New York Jets uh, fighting for their playoff lives. They are heading to Carolina. Very tough assignment against the Panthers. Uh, I am personally not very confident about this game at all as a Jets fan. I know the entire room, we all picked the Panthers. Wes, is there any way that the Jets move the ball against this Panthers defense? I don't see it. Uh, I think the Jets did well to move the ball last week. They're playing a much better defense this week. I I don't see – I felt kind of good about Geno Smith finally having a bounce-back game last week. I don't see it against Luke Keekley and Charles Johnson. Johnson is much better help this week than he was last week. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the Jets. Just don't have the weapons. It's a big game for Geno Smith coming off, like you said, an improved game after the Geno coaster had crashed. He he played pretty well last week. If he was able to be uh, competitive on Sunday, that's another big building block. And I know the organization wants to feel good about this guy going to the off season, but this is a tough draw for them. And I think I think we could be looking at. Uh, 34-6. I mean, what does <laughs> Rex sound Ryan... like a good building block? <laughs> no. If Chiano needs to win out, what does Rex Ryan need to do? I think three games left. I think he might need to win two. And this one's going to be tough, so. This is weird, but if you're a Chargers fan out there, I know I'm getting deep into the tiebreakers. You mm. should be rooting for the Jets in this game because the only I did all the math. The only tiebreak the Chargers could possibly win at 9 and 7 would be if there's a three-way tie involving the Jets and the Dolphins. It's very confusing. You did the math or somebody else did the math I know, I did it. I did it. You just blew my mind. Because the Jets would then knock out the Dolphins, and the Chargers would knock out the the, Dolphins. Greg's home with like a little burning candle and like a feather pen (laughs) doing all the math in front of his bookshelf. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Oakland to face... The Raiders, Kevin Patra. We don't need to spend too much time on this because I think we all we all have a good feeling how this is going to turn out. Uh, any chance Chris Wessling no. gets nervous about a softball pants? No, no, not at all. I don't think so. No. I'm nervous. Are you, you? Are yeah. Tell us stories. Wait, there's always games like this. Oakland's playing at home. Mm. Home upsets happen all the time, especially in the division. Look at the Chargers. Well, that wasn't even a home upset. Look at Chargers Broncos. Division upsets happen. Matt Raiders Chargers too. Especially yeah. in Oakland for Kansas City. They've struggled in Oakland. Matt McGloin is uh, Sessler's version of Case Keenum to West. So, Mark, you must be feeling pretty good about Matt McGloin doing some damage against that ailing chief secondary. Well, I think as West has cooled <laughs> to some degree on Keenum or he is able to see it logically, I'm not sold on McGloin as some fire starter that's going to come in and generate an upset here. By the way, to, to quote uh, Damashek, what's with this hokum of bringing Terrell Pryor in for series as they as they did last week. Can we please Matt McGloin played very well, especially in the second half on Sunday. The guy has shown some good things. Let him finish the season. And also that wasn't oh we're going to put uh, Pryor in in certain situations. They totally disrupted the first half. Yes. 
and then they went to McGloin almost the entire second. It's like they did, that yeah. wasn't that wasn't uh, a well orchestrated move at all. It, it's and it, and it probably throws the team off who are trying to start to believe in McGloin. You put Pryor in there like you reverse back to week five for five minutes, <laughs> and it's like when the Jets go to Wildcat. Right. On it's, Gino. It's, it's like, it's why do this killer. to these young And McGloin, pastors? poor McGloin has like a WTF face for that entire possession, <laughs> wondering. I'm sure he knew it was going to happen, but at the same time, when it happened, he, you could tell he was like, what am I doing on the sideline? And we right talked now? about Dennis Allen making the leap. That's the little hint that maybe he hasn't. Ba- oh, bad co- it's no, bad no, no, coaching. Uh, bad coaching. Bad it is. coaching. They said they wanted to evaluate Terrell Pryor. If you want to evaluate him, start him and play the whole game. You, you, know, you can't Jets, evaluate you can him. You cannot evaluate a quarterback on one series. Calm down, everyone. And why Bad do we fire him? We always kill the NFL and coaches for everyone's the same. Everyone copies each other. Everyone's traditional. And then once someone does a little something old school, like they used to do with Bart Starr, who's made some Hall of Famers, they bring him in and out of the lineup. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Is it, it really that ago, bad? Bro. This isn't. It, this did, isn't I, I thought it really, player. really disrupted how, Oakland in a game you, they could win. If you can tell me that's how fun. that accomplishes your goal of evaluating Terrell Pryor, then I'll say that's, well, that's, that's not a fun. the goal. That's that's stupid. They're trying to win the game. I think. I, I don't think it's for a value. They're trying that to have their cake weird. and eat it too, but it doesn't work. And for the record, uh, Pryor did help lead them on field goal drive, so maybe it was a huge success in the end, ultimately. <laughs> well, that's their evaluation. If we want field goals next year, Terrell Pryor's <clears throat> our guy. Uh, our last game, the New Orleans Saints head to St. Louis to face the Rams. Greg, uh, the Rams, I feel like this could be a close game. Am I crazy? I think you are. Even though the Rams have been much better at home, it's in the Dome. The Saints are peaking. Every week, the Rams just try to find a way to make Kellen Clemens less a part of the game. Like Tavon Austin might be playing quarterback this year. It's hard, it's hard to beat the Saints if you can't throw the ball at all. I think the Saints go in there with a head of steam and stomp them. Greg is feeling wicked good because his A-team is the Patriots and his pocket fandom team <laughs> no. is the Saints. Who was I rooting for last Sunday night? The Panthers are the team of around the league. As I said, it's nice when you can take your pocket fandom team and say, I'm going to jump off and root for another team this week against the team that is my second favorite team. You're I, just rolling in luxury. Lived, Two I, teams going to the playoffs. I went to college in New Orleans, a lot of affection. When, once Tracy Porter ran that thing back, and I was there for that, it was a great moment, and they won that Super that kind of ended. That kind of ended it with the Saints. That, wow. that was enough. That's, I mean, I like them, but... That's cold. Yeah. That was fun. You've they had a blessed sports life. You right? had a one-night stand with the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't call him back the next morning. <laughs> that's awful. Cold-blooded. That's because Greg is constantly dropping his phone and, like... <laughs> bowls of water and things. You know, two weeks ago I thought the Saints would be in trouble in this game, but the Rams' offense really hasn't done much. Zach Stacy hasn't played well the last couple of weeks. You, like you said, they're trying to hide Clemens in so many different ways. He took a beating last week, too. I don't think he wants to play too much longer. I don't think the Rams are playing with as much physicality as they were when they were given the Seahawks and 49ers good games. All right, that's it for the Week 15 schedule. We, we will, of course, be back Sunday, uh, we will go over all the games. Will Kevin Patrick be here? I will be here. Oh, man, there's so much buzz. Everyone's excited. <laughs> um, one thing, one Nobody's plug excited. that K. Rich had uh, tweeted out, uh, the Stitcher Awards. I don't know what Stitcher is. However, <laughs> I know it is. What I do know of it is that it's some type of device that allows humans to hear our podcast. It's an app. You can get it on your iPad or your iPhone, and it's basically just a podcast manager. Oh, good. Well, that's a great wow. explanation. What people should do is download us on Stitcher and on iTunes, so that's double the downloads. Yes. That <laughs> so is a, selfish. That is a great <laughs> so point. Selfish. However, that is not my point of bringing up Stitcher. The Stitcher Awards 2013 are here, and uh, all the listeners of the Around the League podcast 
We would love if you uh, went onto their website and nominated us mm. for awards. I would think there's some categories here. Best overall show, best new show, is best there, sports commentary. Best looking host. Is best looking thing? host. Well, that one's already in the bag, obviously. <laughs> what, I, what I really want is a Titanic 1998 situation where we just clean out every award and hubris just explodes out of here like the red blood in The Shining through the elevator shaft. So people just need to download this like technological bundle bundle onto their iPhones, sort through it, and find this award thing. Is there an award for best double Titanic slash Shining movie reference in the same <laughs> sentence? Because Dan just won it. So the, if you go to Stitcher.com, uh, you'll, there's a link right on the top for the award. You click in. Bang. Uh, and then, I guess, nominate us. This is where... K-Rich can help us on Sunday with more details. This was a little haphazard. And, Zach, we don't, we don't expect you to have this type of knowledge at this point. I'm glad your expectations are set where they should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for today's podcast. We will be back Sunday, as I said. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, uh, Kevin Patra. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Zach thank behind you. the glass. We need we'll, a nickname the for Kevin. It was the Patratron. Grizzly Adams. <laughs> Grizzly Adams. Well, maybe read and listeners can ever send again. in some Patra nickname suggestions oh, that'll be, before Yeah, do that. Pod. Check out Patra's headshot on his posts. One Come guy, up with something one particularly ge- mean-spirited. One gentleman called you a handsome devil. I, I don't blame that guy. <laughs> Man, a lot of high confidence levels in this room. Bunch of sixes, <laughs> uh, myself included. So let's, let's get out of here until Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.